is Wyman and Bob. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Big show coming your way today. We've got our buddy uh, Adam Ray is in the building as we speak. Talking to other people, but once he's done talking to other people, he may wander over here somewhere around three o'clock or so. How about yeah, that? it's it's always well. I even I, I'm still this way. Whenever you say his name, I start laughing. <laughs> That's I was he tell- likes people like you. As a comedian, he doesn't have to work. You just laugh. I was telling a story just now. So he had Rabel in, and yeah. uh, so I was telling a story, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. does this story get better?" <laughs> 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 and I looked at him, and I go, hey, bleep you, man. No, I, I did. Uh, but <laughs> Dave already caused the podcast to be censored with his actions. Yeah, I didn't know it was video. So Eli Manning that. I came by the window, and Rabel was in there, and what do I what do? I do? Am I supposed to wave or something or tip my hat? <laughs> tip no. your hat. Of course, I, you bowed, as uh, he wants you to do. I gave him, yeah, that's right. And don't look him in the eye. Yeah, that's, that's right. the other thing. You call him Mr. Rabel. No, so uh, I gave him a one-finger salute, and he almost <laughs> pulled a muscle getting back at me. Uh, but, yeah, and that was on video. Sorry, uh, sorry, folks. But they, so can, they can curse on They got to start all over now? No, they they just work it right in somehow. <laughs> so, well, what it, was his line about your story? Does this, <laughs> is it, whoa, does this story get better? <laughs> like two words into it. Yeah, oh, I know. I was like, that's funny. It was, uh, it was about a doctor texting me, uh, from an airplane on the way to Brussels. Yeah, he, he was, there was somebody telling him a story when we were out front that, you know, he was doing the boat thing with thumb over there. And then there was some girl that was telling a very long winded story and he just goes, Hey, Hey, uh, this sounds great. Me, email it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was just going on and on, and that's oh, uh, he defused it. So, all right, Adam Ray will uh, will uh, wander over here as soon as he's done. We might have another guest. We'll see what goes on timing wise, perhaps. And then John Morosi at five o'clock today. So good stuff coming your way, and perfect time for John Morosi. He's he's optimistic about everything, but it feels like outside of him. There are people that are that are pretty optimistic about this Mariners team and, and what they've done in the offseason. Uh, and, and Tom Verducci wrote a piece. So you, you, you brought it up talking about Kelnick. Uh, but just here he, he was on with Brock and Salk, and he was asked if he's op- optimistic about the team this season. I am. I, I like the way they play baseball. I like the fact that they're a little more balanced this year um, offensively. You know, the, you always have to like their pitching, right? I mean, they're sort of like the Rays. They figured out a way to pitch where they love um, guys who throw from extreme arm angles, uh, especially the lower angle, pitching high in the zone. They spin the ball really well. So I don't worry about them pitching. The rotation is just rock solid, as good as, as whatever is out there. Um, I thought they were short offensively last year. It's amazing they won 90, but again, they found a way to win a lot of these close games. So to have a little bit more margin of error to push that number above 90, it's going to take a, a much better offense. Like I'm not talking about a three or four, you know, uh, best in the league type offense, but a little better than middle of the pack offense. And I think they have that this year. How much do you think the shift is going to help out Jared Kelnick? I mean, he, he can't hurt him. He's one of them. <laughs> you know, I wonder if that's, that's something that all of a sudden he, he starts to become, but you know, it's a good question. Um, did they go out and get a bunch of, I mean, they got Colton Wong, they've got um, Teoscar Hernandez, and mm-hmm. then 
your favorite player, La Stella. Oh, it's going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else? There's one more I'm missing. AJ Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. So, I mean, those don't exactly blow your skirt up. No. But Teoscar Hernandez does. Oh, uh, I love me. that move. Colton who, who, Wong, do, who doesn't? And, and Colton Wong has a the opportunity to be a really good move. Yeah. Because he he's been a, very good in the past. He's just coming off a down year. Right. So you hope, all right, that that was a blip. That was the only thing that didn't. We talked to him. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Really loved talking to him. The only thing that seemed odd to me is he talked about, and it made sense what he was saying about the errors last year at 17. And remember, we talked to the Milwaukee guy and said, yeah, it could have been more. He got some favorable Mm -hmm. scoring. So it just sounded like a dreadful year defensively. And he talked about the shift and how he didn't pick the ball up being in short right field. You know, he moves from second to basically short right field and didn't see the ball as well. You get some hops off the lip of the grass between the, the dirt and the, the grass, and all that made sense. But the shift wasn't new last year. No, It's been there for a number of years. So I was wondering why it became so problematic. I get what he's saying, and that makes total sense for anybody that's even played softball. If you play in left field typically and then you move to right or center, the, you, you see the ball differently. It comes off the bat differently. You read it differently. So that it made sense. But – he sort of attributed last year's struggles to playing in that shift and being out there, and it, I was, and it just was like, okay, but what about the previous years? That wasn't as much of a problem. So who knows? But I think back to the original point. I think he and Hernandez are the two you look at and go, okay, those are the ones you expect to make the difference in the lineup. Pollock has done it in the past. He's thirty-five. He's coming off a really down year. He he played his whole career in the National League except for last year. So maybe the the switch of the leagues and that had some impact and he can, you know, get back to something similar to what he was prior to that. Or, you know, maybe you're just looking at a guy who's older who I, I didn't watch him. So I don't know. Is his bat speed suffering? Is it slowing down? Who knows what's going on? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And then Listella is just you're just picking somebody up to bring in depth. I, yeah. I don't really know a what the warm plan body, is with that. That's not anybody I'm I'm looking at and going, well, there you go. That's uh, That bolsters your odd. That really lengthens the lineup. No, I don't I don't feel that way. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's interesting going back to Colton Wong, Wong um, and what, what you mentioned there is that during that time where, and so the, the big news out of, from him was that the shift was going to help him. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the same. Getting rid of the shift would help. Getting Wong. rid of right, the shift right, right. would help him defensively, and that's the yeah. first time we've heard that from anybody. Yeah, talking about it on, from the defensive standpoint, but he got Gold Gloves. Yeah, he's while, been a good player while in the shift. Mariners have won. Yeah, right. He's, he's been a good player. Mariners have, have attempted to acquire him before. Yeah, and I saw an article last night that um, that you know they there's people that thought he got robbed of a third straight Gold Glove uh, in 2021, and so yeah, that part didn't really make sense to me like mm. why why is that the case but i do like you know you look at what he typically has done if you can get just the the right amount of production you know just his average it's good um so and you know and it's got to be a, a pretty nice step up for you know adam frazier nice guy had some key moments like everybody else did but overall that was disappointing it just he yeah. didn't play the way they thought he would play. He didn't bring what you thought he was going to bring, and I think Colton Wong is definitely an upgrade. Whenever you bring up Adam Frazier, I think I think in the Washington National Series, 
which I think it was a three game. Uh, he he hit I think two home runs in that. So I'm like, hey, is there any ballparks that uh, that you particularly like hitting in? He goes, well, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he wasn't a power guy. No, um, I don't think he ever hit more than ten. No, he didn't. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's an upgrade there. So yeah, that and then the other thing is whenever we get into this discussion, um, to me it's it's mostly about not only you know reaping the benefits of your farm system that you've built up to to the the best but the guys that did make it you know to the big leagues last year that they're going to improve you mm-hmm. know i mean i don't know how much production you can expect from Julio Rodriguez he started off slow um so maybe that's that's something and maybe maybe Kelnick gets this year uh gets there i mean maybe just a couple of hits gives him the confidence where normally they'd be robbed because of the shift, yeah. you know? And so that's what I always think about. Did they get better? I just think naturally, you know, and I just say in general, did they get, did they get better as far as free agents go? Uh, you, you could probably say not as much as you would have liked, but yeah. what you're getting from the guys that are up and coming the younger guys like Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert, I feel like you're going to get a lot from that. Yeah, you're you're really, I would assume, behind closed doors. That's what they're counting on is, hey, let you know, Kelnick comes to life. He finds his his stride. He becomes a productive uh, member of this offense and this team. And the other guys, Julio, just gets that much better. And and Teoscar's available. He's just better. You know, we love Mitch Hanniger, love who he was when he was here. He just wasn't available very often, unfortunately. So Teoscar just provides some stability and consistent production out of that spot as opposed to, yeah, production when when Hanniger was there, but he just wasn't there, so you'd be missing that production. So you get better there. I mean, if everybody improves, that's awesome. But I, there's also, you know, some guys, somebody's not going to have the season you expect coming in. Like last year, you expected JP to have a different kind of season. He got off to a great start. It went the wrong direction. You expect him to take the step and and right the ship, so to speak. Maybe somebody else has a year like that where you're like, wow, we thought he was going to be this guy and he ended up being this guy. That's just baseball. Yeah. That's just how it goes. So, you know, if if everybody takes that step, then these moves look much better. But if you're relying on them to really lift, you know, rising tide, what is it, rising tides lift all boats or whatever, right. if they're the ones that are going to rise the tide, I don't, I don't know that you brought in the level of talent to do that. You know, I just you're kind of like me with rookies in the NFL. I don't trust them. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) outside of Hernandez, you're getting guys that are coming off down years. Yeah, you know, and they're everybody's one year. I mean, Hernandez free agent at the end of the year. Colt Wong free agent end of the end of the year. AJ Pollock is a one year guy. Listella is is just a guy you brought up. So it's not the most dazzling off season, and I think for a lot of people, it's it's not to the level you thought they might be. You know, coming off the season they just had with all the enthusiasm and everything. But, you know, with the young guys hopefully taking the next step, these guys are just complimentary. They just add to what's already brewing and building with with the young guys you've got here. Well, I got to say with Colton Wong, going back to him, that I almost expect him to get a gold glove because, you know, yes, he had a down year. He's had two uh, golden gloves in his career. And now he's working with Perry Hill. 
Yeah. And so, you know, maybe we put too much pressure on Perry Hill. I don't think there's anything magical. It's just that they work so hard on the same thing over and over and over. You see that that he's hitting these little, you know, bouncers to him just over and over and over and over again. I think it's it's that. I mean, obviously, he's a very good coach, but I feel like he's in really good hands there coming off a, a year defensively that was his worst. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, I mean, you couldn't land with a better guy. And it's What's cool about Perry Hill is, yeah, we love him out here. We're Mariner fans, and so you're going to be partial to your guys, and the players that work with him are going to be partial. But to hear it from guys who are coming in or hear it from guys in other organizations yeah. and how he's revered, that's, that's to me, the, the, is when it's real. Like, okay, it's not homers. It's not, you know, we're, we're watching every moment, so we got a different, we've got a different level of appreciation. When you hear it from others around the league, when you hear it from others that have no attachment to Seattle – that, to me, is when it's, all right, that's the real deal. Yeah. And that's what you hear about Perry Hill. You hear it from others. You hear it from other people attached to other organizations that have nothing to do with the Mariners. So that's pretty cool. And I've, I've got all the confidence in the world in him, all the confidence in the world that he can, whatever is ailing or was ailing, uh, Colton Wong, I think he'll fix it. And, and then Colton Wong just mentally feeling better about playing traditional second base as opposed to short right field. Well, then they talk about players that, you know, when you're having a good year defensively, it helps you at the plate a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see some of these guys. Uh, 206 asking, in the land of Edgar, who's the DH? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rotation, it seems like. You don't have a, this is our DH. You really haven't had that since Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of been this, you know, just we're going to revolve – we're gonna. It's gonna be a revolving door. It'll be this guy some game, this guy this game. They don't really have a set DH. I would imagine Pollock would be a guy that's going to be in there a lot, depending on how, uh, you know, how Kelnick plays and how often he's having to play left field. How often they split that up. How about uh, Ty France? Because Evan White is hitting and uh, playing first base. It'd be pretty cool. Would that be cool? It'd be cool. I wonder how. That's not the kind of thing I expect. Like I expect. Cal Raleigh and Julio and all the younger guys to get better, but that's not one that I'm going to rely on him and, and Kelnick as well. Yeah, I, I always forget about, and with all due respect to him, I just forget about him. Yeah. I totally. I mean, we talked about him before and unbelievable defensive player. He's, he's outstanding. We had that. We played that cut from uh, uh, DePoto talking about he's as good as anybody he's ever seen there. And he, you know, in the, in the shortened season, he wins a gold glove defensively, he just looked like a guy who it was easy. He made it look really easy at first base. And it, you just sat there going, man, I wish this guy could hit. Just be a respectable hitter. You don't have to be a, a masher out there. It'd be great if you were. But, you know, just don't be a lie. Don't be a hole in the lineup. Just be somebody who's a threat that can get something done. And he just looked so overmatched at the plate. He was striking out left and right, and it just it didn't look good at the plate. But, man, defensively. He was fun to watch out there. He really was. I'd be curious to see. Uh, I can't imagine Ty would love the idea of. Well, you're you're pretty much the DH, and you'll play first base sometimes. I, th- I get the impression he really likes playing first base. He's good at it. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been very good at it. Decidedly better than I think we probably expected. Yeah, I think in is it 21 when he really just took hold of that position and made it his own, and it was somewhat of a surprise. Really, I mean, I know he'd played other other parts, uh, you know, other uh, positions a little bit. I think he even played a little bit at second. 
Um, and then he was at, at third for a very short uh, period of time. He's mostly at first, but that was a very pleasant surprise, maybe. And so, you know, that's the thing I kind of count on is that there's going to be some pleasant surprises, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, one year it was flexing. You know, yeah. Chris Flexen, that was a guy that just came out of nowhere. Korean he was, baseball he was a savior that year. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was outstanding. He was phenomenal. So, you know, there's always going to be those kinds of guys, and it'll be interesting to see which guy. Maybe it's Evan White. Uh, one more from Verducci talking about just the Mariners offseason and liking the moves they've made. Yeah, I like the moves they made. Uh, Teoscar is going to be a big addition in that middle of the lineup, proven run producer. So, Listen, that that division, I think, if it's not the toughest in baseball, it's it's the most competitive, I think, um, because any one of the, I think, the four of those five teams can be capable of making the playoffs, including Texas. Texas, to me, is a legit postseason contender now. So the way it shakes out is going to be really interesting. But, yes, uh, I like the momentum CL has, and above everything else, love their starting pitching. I don't <laughs> like the sound of that. I like, Yeah, I like what they did in the offseason. Hernandez? And and then he just moved on, and then talked about the pitching again. So, well, I mean, look, that's that's what Scott Service would tell you that you know it all comes down to playing defense and and uh, and pitching. So you know that's kind of like the the line of scrimmage for him because I know he likes football. But um, but yeah, the the thing about the the Rangers, what I was talking about, like I don't, you know, now all of a sudden they're going to be a little bit more of a threat. And they've been spending money to be a threat. Yeah, exactly. So makes it uh, makes it a little tougher. But you do have the A's and the Angels who've been floundering. So, but you know, Houston and now Texas, those are going to be some important trips. Yeah, down it's, to the. It's going to be interesting to see if this, you know, because they spent a boatload of money on Seager and Simeon, and now they they've addressed pitching. So we'll we'll see what they, you know, pitching's always iffy, and they've already started out with a guy who's. I'm not going to say injured, but they've held him out because of, you know, a little tightness here, a little tight guy that's got an injury history. So it's always pretty tenuous when it comes to a pitcher. Uh, meanwhile, in the world of the Seahawks, Geno being the biggest story and the re-signing of Geno and where do they stand? Is it Are things good? Are they bad? Well, we talked to Schneider and we'll talk to him tomorrow. We'll be back at the, at the VMAC tomorrow. Talk to John Schneider for the John Schneider Show. But we talked to him last. He gave us a little update on where they stand. This isn't like, you know, because we you can't sign people until, uh, you know, free agency doesn't start until, what, middle of March. So, you, yeah. you know, it, there's a huge period here. Where we have time to, you know, work through things. And where are we with Gino? Yeah, uh, you know, good talk so far. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're in it. We're just trying to, you know, figure out what's best. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was interesting. But uh, to me, cut four. To me, that's this is the one because I mean, look, you're going to get that from John, and no offense to him, obviously, he's going to say, "Yeah, yeah, things are going good." We you know, yeah, it'd be here. funny if you said, "Yeah, it's not looking good right yeah, now." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, to hear it from uh, a guy who I thought was, uh, I thought his name was Dan Loach for some reason. Uh, it's Greg Almond. Okay, is that joke getting old, Mike? <laughs> Mike's uh, shaking his head like, okay. But you know, he talked to to Gino at the Pro Bowl, and uh, and I thought I thought it was interesting what he had to say. I really don't think so. Again, they're they're fifty five million over the cap. So to add a thirty million dollar quarterback, there there are guys he likes here, there's guys he knows here, but I had talked to Gino at the Pro Bowl in Vegas and he made it seem like things were very close. So I, I don't think losing his quarterback's coach would be that big of a, a difference maker that it would change where he wants to play. I, th- I think he knows he's got a good thing there, likes the people around him, and I think Seattle's in much better position to kind of give him the, the kind of deal he has earned compared to Tampa. I mean Tampa could do it, but for them to add a salary like Gino, they wouldn't be able to keep 
really any of their top free agents. So you're gutting a team just to add a quarterback, and that, that's probably not the best strategy right now. So yeah. you started out addressing, just to clarify the cut for people, you were asking, people are paranoid because Dave Canales went to Tampa Bay. Oh, right. now Gino's going to follow him the there. quarterback coach. He yeah. was he was poo-pooing that, Dave. Yeah, and I, I think he's, I mean, he brings up the $55 million. I mean, you'll find a way to get under. You're going you're gonna to have to cut people like the Titans did. You Titans just, just got rid of half their roster. Yeah. About to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, you just uh, you, you just brought that up in the in the uh, snapshot there, but um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I, just hearing it from the guy who's of all things the NFC South <laughs> reporter for Fox for Gino to say that to him, uh, I thought was was kind of telling and interesting. So yeah, I just thought that was uh, that was good news. I I think that's the big thing that like once you get that out of the way, then all of a sudden you you kind of are clear to go and start building that defense. You're going into the draft. You know you're you're uh, building your team. You're you're signing guys like Nick Pelor who they signed. You know not a huge deal, but you know back end of the roster. You're you're able to like once you get done with Gino. Then you know everything else kind of opens up, and you got opportunities to to start building your team. Speaking of Nick Ballore, let's take two. Dave always uh, spoiling ahead. Thank you. It's just a nice. Do you lead think in. people hadn't heard this already? No, but I wanted to bring it up. Okay, Mike, okay, go ahead. I'll bring it up now, Dave. But you you let them know that the Seahawks did re-sign Nick Ballore to what? a two-year Jeez, deal. Jeez, I already heard Shocking, this. This is old man. news. How come nobody told us? Yeah, but. There's some more going on around the NFL. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy was supposed to have surgery today on his torn UCL. It's been delayed, though, because the swelling in his elbow hasn't gone down yet. Jeez. Yeah. I... yeah. Good news and bad news. Good news for Nick Ballore. We both love him. He's he's a utility knife. He's the, he's the Swiss Army knife out there. Linebacker, special teams, fullback, whatever you need, he's going to do. Plus, he's... He's just a funny guy. He seems like he's good for that locker room. And you're right, not a huge signing, but just he seems like a good guy to have around. And, you know, I don't want to diminish what he brings. He's he's very valuable in that he's versatile. Not not the biggest name, but no. good uh, to have him back. Man. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, Brock Purdy, I mean, I'm kind of worried about him. I know he's your favorite player, Bob. Um, and, too bad he didn't play for my favorite team, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. And I beat him just... Well, I, this is uh, look. I don't want anybody to. I want everybody to be healthy, and you know the whole injury thing is always uh, kind of you know it's it's kind of a bummer. But man, he's. I think I saw that he was waiting till like March. Yeah. I mean that that now all of a sudden. I love yeah. the guy's story. I'm I'm kind of pulling. I, I'm certainly not pulling for the 49ers, but I'd like to yeah. just see what he's. All right, does he get the job at the beginning of the year? What does he look like when he goes in as the man? He's just, it's an intriguing story to me. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you kind of root for the kid. Um, you're not rooting for him if you're Paul Moyer, but. Uh, no, he hates him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just, I think Paul was just like, hey, calm down, everybody. He's not, you know, the next uh, Tom Brady or anything. But, uh, yeah, I've, I kind of worry about him because I think it is a great story. And it's too bad it has to be the Niners. And please don't text in and call me and Bob 49er fans. <laughs> Well, this is how teams uh, find ways to get under the salary cap in the NFL. The Titans were about $23 million over the cap entering today, but then they cut their left tackle, Taylor Luan, their wide receiver, Robert Woods, their linebacker, Zach Cunningham, and their kicker, Randy Bullock, to free up close to $37 million in cap space for this upcoming season. Which of those bums you out the most? Uh, definitely not Randy Bullock. Be Luan, right? Yeah, Luan. He was served for most of last year, but... He was a cornerstone. I mean, he was a franchise left tackle, and those are very hard to find. That's Robert Woods here. didn't have like the greatest year, but he's a he good did player. nothing. No, yeah, but you we know, we talked what? about the worst wide receivers, Dave. Bob kind of Bob kind of ruined this by doing this in the update. 
because so, I don't it think was 23 minutes ago people two. cared. <laughs> Are you throwing, trying to throw me under the table? Throwing people under the table now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And okay. you know who's under the table? Me. Yeah. And I need some company. Uh, but, Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is the same thing. Like, the guy's like, oh, Tampa Bay's $55 million over. Yeah. You, they always find a way. Yeah. You find a way to... to Get what was the total? Thirty-seven million dollars. Okay, they freed up thirty-seven. They'd now. be part of the way there if you're Tampa. Take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org/slash/cyberknife/prostate. Coming up, what would cause the Seahawks to trade out of that number five pick? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on seven ten. Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We got the draft coming up. A lot of people doing their mock drafts. They're, they're just coming out fast and furious, Dave. I don't know how often you look at different websites, but they're just, I mean. They change all the time. Yeah. Yeah. This is the version 2.0. Here's 2.5. Here's 3. Point, you know, everybody's just got multiple. Some, I like, to me, I find them entertaining because some will get deep into it and, and they'll do trades. You know, I got yeah. this one's got the Colts trading up. They've got the number one overall pick and the Bears moved to this spot. You know, just. I think that's interesting, and it's it's just kind of fun conversation. But um, Matt Miller, who's the draft analyst for ESPN, uh, talking about you know what what the Seahawks may do at that with that number five pick, and we're we're kind of wondering the same things. You know, would we be stunned if they traded out of it? No, that's kind of what John does. He's very active. Would they would we be stunned if they used it? They've never had a top five pick with John and Peter, so it, it, anything's possible. Nothing will be surprising with that pick. Uh, but Matt Miller sort of making the case as to why they, in his opinion, should consider trading back. I think you have to keep the phone lines open. You know, this isn't like when Dave Gettleman was the GM of the Giants and was like, we're taking Saquon at two no matter what, right? But you have to. You've got to keep that phone open because, you know, if it is a team like the Raiders that wants to come up, you know, two spots from seven to five and they're, you know, hey, we're going to draft a quarterback. we got to come up to five then I think you can move out. Or, you know, the Carolina Panthers at nine is probably as far as I would want to go because then you feel like you're still getting a Tyree Wilson, maybe Tyree Wilson, maybe Miles Murphy. They're still in range there. Uh, I'm not one of those people that believes you should get out of the top 10 this year. I don't think the draft is deep enough to trade back that far. So, Yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I mean, there would have to be a lot to, to you know, as far as, maybe go back to seven or eight or something, and then you pick up like a se- second rounder or something like that. But what what you're rooting for on, on uh, draft day is desperation. Yes. If there is somebody that is desperate for a quarterback and, you know, they're, they're willing to, to move up and, you know, give up their second rounder, that's really what all they need, then that's an ideal situation. And then the other thing for the, the Seahawks, the other reason why they would trade back is if, all the players that they think are top five picks are gone, then they're just not going to pick. I mean, last year we talked about Thibodeau. You know, that was a guy that they just weren't going to draft. They did. I mean, probably in the second round or at some point. Yeah. You know, but that was just a guy that they didn't really. They weren't very high on. So, you know, that's that. That those are the two reasons I think mostly that uh, that they would that they would trade that uh, that number five pick. And I think a lot of people might be frustrated by that, but. You know, if they don't have their guy, then you know, and you look at the the last draft, they're on they're on kind of a roll right now. They've they've gotten yeah, they uh, gotten some uh some good draft choices. 
Is there a player that would be – is there – if there's a certain name out there, like let's say Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Is there I'm, – I'm just curious, and this is for the listeners out there, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Is there a player that if they're sitting there, you're going to be mad if the Seahawks don't take them? Is it Jalen Carter? Is it is it Tyree Wilson? Is it Murphy? Is it any of them? Or is everybody kind of at peace with the idea, yeah, you trade back, let's just hypothetically, five to seven. You pick up their – so you get their seventh – you got the seventh overall pick. You're probably going to get their first rounder the next year and the second rounder. You're going to you're gonna get some serious draft capital in exchange for that move. Yeah. I To me, the is, one guy is Jalen Carter. So if, he, if, they, if he's sitting there, yeah. Seahawks are on the clock, you're going, duh. And, yeah. then, and then Goodell comes up to the podium, says the Seahawks have just made a trade, the uh, whatever, the Washington Commanders are now on the clock, or whoever. You, you'd be like, what are you doing? Well, I I would uh, have that reaction based on the knowledge that I have, <laughs> you know, and that's all looking at just mock drafts and they need a defensive tackle. The two go together. That doesn't necessarily always happen with the Seahawks. Um, you know, but I feel like Jalen Carter is – of all of these guys, because, you know, you've got some, I don't know, there's three or four good edge rushers like Will Anderson, right? You got Will Anderson, you got Tyree Wilson, you got Miles Murphy, who I really like. I, I liked everything I saw from him. I feel like, yeah, there's a there's a number of those guys. But the guy that's really the most valuable, I think, and especially for the Seahawks, is an interior defensive tackle like Jalen Carter. And we talked to the guy from from uh, oh, and Georgia, and he said... He's flawless. Yeah. Before I could even get the question out, is there anything he needs to work on? No. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing that you... No. Well, oh, trust right. me, he's going to have to take a six-inch step instead of a 12-inch step, and <laughs> he's going to have to get his hips lower. There's all kinds of things that, you know, that he's going to be able to improve on. He's going to, you know, be, be able to get off the ball a little bit faster and a little bit better. It's just, it's harder in the, in the next level. But he, he feels like the most obvious guy, to, to answer my own question. If he yeah. were sitting there, that would be one I'd kind of go, like, I'd look forward to talking to John again somewhere down the road and go, what is it you didn't like? What, why, yeah. why? Why'd you make that particular move? Because he he seems to address their most pressing need. And I haven't really heard any. Seems like anybody in the top five, you'll hear, he does this well, he does this well. But you'll have somebody on the other side going, yeah, this this part of his game is a concern. Or this, maybe he's got an attitude. Or he's this. Or you'll hear something on the other side of the ledger. I haven't heard anything like that about Carter no. to this point. You know, so it would just seem like, A, he addresses <laughs> your most pressing need, as I just said. B, there are no red flags that we're aware of currently. You know, maybe they hear something, but just going with what we know now, it would seem like the most obvious pick. And if they traded back, that'd be one I'd be be very interested to hear the rationale behind that. But after having talked to John for 10 weeks at that point, would you kind of go, okay, there must be something. Yeah, I'm going to trust him with whatever they do. I mean, especially last year certainly helps. Last year helps in a big way. If we were coming off the previous draft, Maybe I'd be more into questioning going, dude, yeah. come on, man. What do you got going on? And somebody saying Carter will be gone. Two, five, three, you're not playing the hypothetical with us. We're going hypothetical here. What are you, John Clayton? Yeah. John Clayton couldn't ever do make-believe. <laughs> he couldn't play hypothetical. Yeah. We're playing the hypothetical just asking if whatever player you think is just a surefire, can't miss, if he's there, you take him. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no reason to not take him. Who is that player? And, and if they do pass on him for whatever they trade out of that spot and that guy's sitting there and he gets taken by somebody else, 
are you are you on board with yeah. all right john i i don't love it but i believe in you and i'm going with you on this ride two quick things about the professor that i really miss uh one is when he thought he zinged you and how like proud he oh, would yeah, be yeah. He loved that. when he would do that yeah like the drew Brees trade when i asked that question <laughs> twice at one time i asked and then the other thing is if you could get him to laugh when he would go he <laughs> that was that was gold man that yeah. was gold but uh but yeah i mean uh playing make-believe yeah jalen carter let's say that he he still is there and you know there are some look i think I mentioned earlier the word desperation. That goes along with quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's really when somebody really needs a quarterback. And, you know, maybe somebody wants to trade trade up with one of the, the you know, four teams ahead of the Seahawks. But I think, you know, it would be ideal if somebody was really desperate. You know, let's say Jalen Carter's gone. Um, and, you know, you've got like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis that's that's left there. And somebody is like, you know, and, and like you said, maybe six through ten. I, I think if you went because the, the thing I always hear from Schneider is that, you know, there's really sometimes only ten guys in the first round that they have rated as a first round draft choice right. based on their standards. So I guess, you know, if they would were, were to go outside of number 10, the other thing too, is like, what if they drafted a corner like Christian Gonzalez, who's a cornerback out of Oregon, who's really a good player, but yeah. you just feel like, or, or an offensive tackle, <laughs> a kicker, Dave. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's going, your breaking point right we're not, there. We're not going that far. Mine is signing Jameis Winston. Yours is drafting a kicker with their first overall. Break. Let's not get crazy, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that that would be the, the one thing I think, you know, and I don't know how many players obviously that uh, that John thinks is a are a first round draft choice this year but it's supposed to be a good good draft I, I like this a 425 <laughs> if they don't use 5 and they do trade back you should fire Pete and John immediately Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. I wonder how they feel. I'm not clear on how they feel about that number five pick. Well, there were some people at a breakfast joint that thought Pete and John should have been fired after he traded Russell Wilson. <laughs> they put up a sign. They took the sign down. <laughs> like how he, just, he, he tells John told that story, and then he kind of casually goes, and then eventually they took the sign down. So good. So I, love I guess it. He, he kept going in there. Yeah. It wasn't deterring him from going to his favorite breakfast Must be place. good food. We're going to have to figure out where that place yeah. is, get some food from there. All right, coming up, we'll find out what's bugging me, what's bugging Dave, what's bugging thumb it's all coming up with what's bugging us here with wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710 what's bugging bob it could be traffic hey, 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 hey. it might be angels fans i hate you i hate you i don't even know you and it's definitely Stephen a smith i got a lot of problems with you people it's time to find out what's bugging bob this is morphed into what's bugging us this is no longer an exclusive. Yeah, but typically it's dominated. I would say you're probably like 70% of it. <laughs> I just gave you more material, so there you go. What, the the filthy jelly beans? Yeah. It, that doesn't really bug me because I wouldn't partake in that. But you guys, I'm just, I marvel at a community dish or jar of anything where you've got multiple people digging their dirty hands in there, fishing around for the flavor they like. They put some back, they look at them, and then they move on. No, no, you know those back. Back. no. You take what you want and you eat it. But yeah. you're, when you put your hand in there, you're touching other jelly beans no. that you're not picking up. Everything I touch, it's like, no. I take. It's like no. putting your whole mouth in <laughs> yeah, the bowl. Why don't you just spit in there, huh? Why My don't you clean. just spit in there? Well, it's, it's got the pristine. hard... 
It's got the hard outside part, so I feel like. Yes. But you're eating the hard outside part. Yeah, but I don't know why. It's just you think like, germs don't stick to the hard outside. Exactly. Part. Yeah, <laughs> they just, they just germ slide right off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I dropped a part of my peanut butter cookie. Yes. I wasn't going to eat that off the rug, but I would eat a jelly belly. Well, ta- Taylor brought up a, a great scene from a movie, a very underrated movie called "Along Came Polly" with Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. And there's a scene where they're they're sitting at a bar, and there's a dish of peanuts and she reaches in to grab him and he's like grabs her hand and no 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 don't do that and he's got all these mathematical figures he's like well let's see you've got 20 people in here and that's been sitting there this long and that's this many hands that have been in there and yeah. the average person doesn't wash their hand yeah, i mean it was just it was very enlightening dave <laughs> it was very, you brought just, that up because you want to give jennifer aniston a spanking yeah, well she's she's a naughty girl uh but yeah it's the idea of a community dish of food that yeah. everybody is diving, their hands are diving in there. That's well, that's not appealing. When you first said peanuts, I thought, okay, they're encased in the shell. But no, it was just the peanuts yeah. themselves. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, at least I poured the jelly beans into my hand. Mike was pawing through them. And what was his excuse? Mine wasn't the first hand in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he might Somehow as well. that makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I know Mike. If it was a bunch my of strangers... Yeah, I feel like I know Mike, so I you his trust germs, what he's done with those mitts. His germs could be my germs. That's that's yeah. fine. Oh boy. Okay. Well, good luck to the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> outside of that, uh, I think your your what's bugging you and what's bugging me outside of that is similar. It's reaction. I agree. It's reaction to an event, a sporting event, and mine is is the we were talking about the NBA All Star Game and we were talking about the dunk competition yesterday. And it was great. Mac McClung was ridiculous. He looks he looks like he's four feet tall. He's listed at six two. I'm gonna say that's not true. Looks but like he's twelve. He was spectacular and he was worthy of all the whoa and oohs and ahs. But the players have taken it to such a level, the ones that are watching and sitting on the court, standing there, where they're the way the the overhyped, ridiculous reactions. It's kind of enough. It's gotten kind of tired, don't you think? Where it's where it's oh oh hold me back, and they're you know, they're holding everybody back, and everybody's you know just they're doing somersaults. They're out there just yeah. going berserk, and it's <laughs> one like, guy grabs another guy and starts yeah, like jerking it's just his like, okay. Let's coat. Yeah, we get it. The camera's pointing in your face. You want to put on a show. It just it's a little tired. It's it's that that sort of over the top. I'm amazed. I've never seen such a thing in my life. I don't know. <laughs> how to respond so i'm just gonna go bananas yeah kind of tired i feel like that, that would be like the next step that they start doing like somersaults oh and, yeah they're gonna know. do a cartwheel they're yeah. gonna go out there and <laughs> dump beer on their head their own head they're yeah gonna, yeah i i what's seriously oh, it's man. it's it's enough i think it's enough yeah i i agree and then you know just why are they showing their reaction yeah you know uh I get it if you're like, wow, you know, yeah, something some of them like were, that. But. I was like that, but I wasn't running around my house holding my dog back. Whoa, Frank, whoa. <laughs> Grabbing whoa! things, yeah. throwing them, tearing people's clothes <laughs> oh, off. Yeah, 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 just it's it's a little much. I agree. I, that, that bothered me. Uh, for me, I did watch some golf over the weekend. I do like watching golf, and it's very relaxing. It's also just amazing to me that they can – you know, take a club and hit a ball and it's within 10 feet or something. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty amazing. But when the people, once again, in the gallery start shouting out in the hole, okay, 
every shot, like except for the drive, right? I mean, some people are, but they have to they have to scream out, get in the hole, Ugh. the hole. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> then the other thing is, is that whenever somebody hits one kind of in the rough or out of bounds, people go sprinting over to where the ball is and then stand there like, oh, I'm going to be right next to him. I just is that so they can say I found so and so's ball? Nah, sometimes. What, what, what is the what is the inspiration behind because i i know exactly what you're talking about where they just charge to the ball right. and they all surround it like we're helping out the official it's right here it's right here we yeah, found it I, I was here first yeah we're gonna stand here yeah. until you come here <laughs> well i'll be right here if you need to know where the ball is well and then the guy's standing like one foot away from the ball so you know that the guy's gonna have to go move back please and the, you know they're very tolerant not not only the players but also you know the officials that are there that they're they're kind of like yeah man uh could you please step back a little bit they're really nice about it whereas i would be like get out of the way what are you thinking you're going to get hit in the head <laughs> the other thing is when they're when they build like a hallway of people that are is between you know where he's hitting the ball and the green it's like 12 feet wide like if I, I was hitting, anxious when I'm watching that. Oh my god! If I was hitting a golf ball there, there would be about a hundred people that would be in danger. Oh yeah. So um, you know, just one time, I wouldn't mind maybe just a thigh shot. You know, not, shanks it right into yeah, the leg of somebody. Not, right not a head shot or anything, or nose or anything. I just I I've, I feel like they're way too trusting. That yeah. you know, it's only like. 10 feet wide and that you know you could you could pull it or something like that but yeah that that part really bothered me and it was it's almost like every once in a while you hear somebody screaming at a baseball game you know and then probably texting their friends going hey do you hear that guy screaming that's me yeah <laughs> so you don't think that's hilarious when they go in the hole oh my god just drives me nuts yeah it's it's a bit much it is a bit much i gotta say uh, and it's been going on forever it's been going on forever, so they could stop. But uh, oh, our, our right. guy Ray Roberts just texted me and said, "You guys sound really old." No, we sound reasonable, <laughs> Ray. We sound reasonable. All right, uh, look at this guy sitting to our right. He's going to step in studio and join us here in just a few moments. KJ Wright is going to join us here with Wyman and Bob. Seattle Sports on seven ten.